Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. One day I was in my office, and while I was in my office, a few girls walked into the office. They had their backpacks and their gear in tow, and one of them was holding a water bottle. Now, it was one of those nice, clear water bottles, really shiny ones that apparently you're not allowed to put in the dishwasher for some reason. Um, at least that's what my wife tells me. Uh, you have to wash them by hand. Anyways, the student put the water bottle down on my desk, and so she was chatting with me a little bit, and I tried not to stare, but I noticed there's like this green stuff in the bottom of the water bottle. That can never be good, but in this case, maybe, maybe not. It was green and white. The student noticed that I was looking at her water bottle really intently, and she noticed that I also seemed confused by this. So she looked at me with that slightly condescending look that only a 16-year-old girl can give you. <laughs> I know it well. And she says, I can't believe you don't know this, because she knew exactly what I'm thinking. And she gave me that patronizing look and said, it's water with a cucumber infusion? <laughs> ah. Okay, so this isn't cucumber, but you get the idea. And you can see why I'd be confused, right? I was slightly confused. It kind of looked something like that. So I looked again more closely, and sure enough, there was a water with a bunch of sliced cucumbers at the bottom. Infusion, I asked. Infusion. She said, well, the cucumbers add flavor and they add nutrients to the water and make it more refreshing and better for you. And I said, that's a thing? She went on to explain, well, you can do it with a lot of things. You can do it with fruit or veggies or herbs and things like that. And I looked further and it turns out there are whole recipes or special cups that you can get. Infusion is huge. And you can see what that looks like. Now, we're going to come back to that later in a second, but just remember that picture, Okay. So when Pastor Rob and the elders asked if anyone would be able to preach this Sunday while he was away, I quickly thought of several other elders that would do a great job. I silently said a prayer to God that he would help them be obedient and step up to the plate. <laughs> Unfortunately for you, God had a sense of humor and didn't call any of them, but he called me instead. You see, I've been thinking a lot about the idea of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if that's a new term to you, if you've come in maybe for the first time, it's mentioned in a book of the Bible called Galatians, chapter 5, 22 to 23. We'll see it up there in a second. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now, as we've been going through the series on, on, spiritual, or on the, the fruit of the Spirit, I've been thinking about, a lot about how this happens. How is a spiritual fruit produced? And that's what I want to talk to you about today. How does that happen? How do we have spiritual fruit in our lives? But specifically today, I want to talk to you about love. And we already saw that video at the beginning that challenged us about that. Because today I'm not talking about the mushy, romantic, W-channel kind of love um, that we see in the movies. I'm talking about the one that we just saw on the video. This is the kind of love that Jesus calls us to. He says the type we're supposed to have for everyone, including our enemies. The kind of love that's selfless. The kind of love that's always concerned for others. The kind of love that forgives easily and holds on even when it's difficult and when it costs us personally. It's a difficult kind of love that we all want to receive from others, but so often have difficulty giving. 
Now, how does the Holy Spirit produce more of this in my life? How does he do it in your life? I don't know about you, but sometimes I see lists like these in the Bible, and my first reaction is to shrink away, back up, up from it, and say, I don't know if I could ever do that. Or I do the opposite to that and say, I'm going to will myself to be simply more loving, more gentle, and more kind, etc. You can imagine the approach does not go well. When I do that, I get frustrated, I get ashamed, I get defensive, I get pretty much the opposite of everything on the list because I try to do it on my own strength. Further than that, sometimes loving doesn't even feel like it's in my nature. I'm not one of those persons that expresses love well or easily. It doesn't come easy to me at all. In fact, if you know me, you know I'm a bit of an introvert. You might not think that right now, but I am. I'm wired as an introvert and I'm a big picture guy. I'm a systems guy. I'm a structure guy. I'm an admin guy. Uh, and I just don't think that way. So again, I read a passage like the list in Galatians, and honestly, I feel way less than adequate. So just about the same day that Pastor Rob asked the elders if they wanted to preach this Sunday, I happened to be on a run. Now, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. What I do and what Jason Erb does are two entirely different things. <laughs> in fact, I'm such a great runner that I typically wait until late at night kind of like a Nicodemus visiting Jesus kind of runner, uh, to go running because there are less, there's less of an audience. And some of you have seen me, you're like, is that him running through Baden? But on my runs, I typically listen to worship music, and this is when I talk to God. It's a spiritual thing for me. I really, really feed off of that. And as I was thinking about the idea of spiritual fruit, this thing that I struggle with, I suddenly remembered the girl in my office with a cucumber-infused water. Now, this looks like a lime, lemon, raspberry thing, but you get the idea. And suddenly I thought, that's what it's like. That's how it happens. And that's when I knew I needed to speak to you today. So I emailed Pastor Rob and said, I got this thing, what do you think? And he was like, let's do it. So what kind of love are you producing toward the people around you at work? In your school, with your family, or with your friends? If we asked people that know you if they would describe you as loving, what would be the response? Now, if you're like me and you're not happy with the possible responses they might give, then the answer isn't in trying harder. It's not in reading more books on love, watching the W channel on their marathons, uh, or even listening to cheesy love songs. It doesn't happen that way. The answer is to be infused by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So let's take a look at our title screen for a second. So we've seen it up here. They look good, right? They look refreshing, look like something you'd want to have on one of those hot days this week. So it turns out infusion is, and here's the definition, infusion is the process of extracting chemical compounds or flavors from plant material in a solvent, such as water, by allowing the material to remain suspended in the solvent over time. Did you catch the last part? Allowing the material to remain suspended in the solvent over time. That is what infusion is. It means taking the qualities and good characteristics from one thing and transferring those characteristics and qualities to another out from beyond Jerusalem, held together. In the New Testament, we read about a man named Paul who was one of the most important voices of the early church. And he did a lot to help spread the message of Jesus out from beyond Jerusalem. If you know anything about him, you know that he was a key player in building the church in many different cities and countries. And even when Paul was in prison, for his faith, Paul was still concerned about helping new followers of Jesus in the various churches that he started. 
And one of those churches Paul founded was a place, or in a place called Ephesus. And that was a letter to the church in Ephesus that we know as Ephesians. And this happened around 62 AD, while Paul was in prison. So remember that, that's important. That happened while he was in prison. He wrote these, these words while there. The letter was meant to explain three main ideas. And if you get a chance to read through all of Ephesians, it's not that long, just a few chapters. It's like a letter to the church. There's three main ideas you're going to run into. And the first one is that Jesus made a way for us to be reconciled to God. We sang about that today, that he's mighty to save, right? The second thing is that God has called us to be united in him through his church. We sang about that this morning as well. Make us one. The third thing is that his church must live out his love as new people to the world. We sang about that this morning as well. That's the benefits of when you get to preach and be the worship leader. You know exactly what's happening. We want to look at Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to that right now. It's in the New Testament. It's about a third of the way into that. Ephesians 3, 16 to 19. If you don't have it, it will be on the screen, so you can follow along. Again, remember that this is from a man who's in prison, praying for his church, praying specifically a word over them. This is what he wants for them. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. And then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, Paul understood that if the church was going to live out the kind of love that God had demonstrated through Jesus in front of the world, it was only going to happen. It was only going to happen if it happened supernaturally. The kind of love we saw in that video before we started talking is a supernatural kind of love. It's an infusion kind of love. This is an important point because it's as true now for us as it was for them. Nothing has changed. For us to show this to our community, it has to happen supernaturally. Paul knew that the church needed an infusion of love by the Holy Spirit. And this is what Paul was praying for in prison for his church. He wasn't praying for protection from persecution. He wasn't praying for deliverance from poverty or material need, even though the church had desperate need at that point. He wasn't even praying for his own freedom, which to me is the most striking element in this. Paul was praying for his church to truly experience and understand God's love so they could fully live and fully minister. He was praying for the character and qualities of God's love to become so real and so close to the people at Ephesus that they would eventually assume those same qualities as they ministered. Paul was praying for an infusion of God's love by the Holy Spirit. Think about that for a second. Of all the things that Paul could pray for the church he loved, this is what he chose to pray for. Now that begs the question, and this is a tough one. What do you pray for? What do you pray for your family? What do you pray over your kids? What do you pray for this church? What do you pray for our community? Have you ever prayed that? And again, please hear me when I say that. It was, as I was writing this down, I was thinking, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for the time that I think so small, and I think of the ways that I think things need to be fixed. 
So let's read the passage again. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Keep you strong. How deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, homework time. I'm a teacher. I love to give homework. Actually, I don't give a lot of homework, do I? Where are you guys? Yeah, not a lot, right? Just enough, okay? Just as long as you take your instrument home. That's good. But your homework. You're my class today. If you're looking for a fantastic summer assignment that will make a big difference in your spiritual walk with Jesus, I'm meditating on those verses this week. Read the passage a few times. Here's how it works. Read the passage if it works. Read the passage a few times. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you understand the verse. Wait. Listen. Be still. Let those words sweep over you. Reread the passage. Wait. Listen. Wait. Be still. Let him speak to you. And then, maybe journal your thoughts. Write down what the Lord gives you. And watch those things come to life. And I think you're going to find, as you meditate on his word, as you meditate on that passage, you're going to find this is a spiritual discipline that helps you get more out of scripture, and specifically more out of this word to us today. Try it this week. I'll test you. I'll be back. Actually, I won't do that. Now, this wasn't a one thing or one-time thing for Paul in the church at Ephesus. In fact, Paul prayed for this for multiple churches in different cities and different letters that he sent to encourage and grow the people. Now, I'm not going to put them all on the screen, but you can look them up yourself. 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 12 says this, And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. Philippians 1, 9 says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Over and over again, Paul prayed that God would cause their love to grow. Again, not that they would try harder to love, not that the Holy Spirit would increase their understanding, or sorry, but that the Holy Spirit would increase their understanding of God's love, and then their ability to love would grow. Now, that's good news for me. Okay, for someone that doesn't love easily, it's good news. And maybe it's good news for you today. So how do you grow in love? What can you do to grow in your understanding of God's love so that it eventually overflows in you? It goes back to the idea of infusion. And this time, we're the water, and the Holy Spirit is the fruit. So this time, we're the water, the Holy Spirit is the fruit. And when we read that list of the fruit of the Spirit, we sometimes forget that these are his qualities, that these are his characteristics. When we read about the fruit of the Spirit, we're actually describing what he's like. This is why we can trust him. This is why we love him. As we allow him to touch every part of our lives, he infuses us with those same qualities so we take on his flavor. We take on those elements that nurture us so we are able to share with others and nurture others. We are able to love as we remain close to his love. Let me say it again. We are able to love as we remain close to his love. I want to give you four practical things you can do to put yourself in a place where you can experience an infusion of love by the Holy Spirit for you and for those around you. Now, I'm a pastor's kid. I've been sitting in church for a very, very, very long time. And I know that for people to remember things, you have to have multiple points that start with the same letter. True. (laughs) So last week, if you were listening carefully, James had the G's. 
right? Today, we're brought to you by the letter P, okay? So we've got four P's that I want you to remember. If you're taking notes, I'll make it real easy. The first P is proximity, proximity. This week, I want you to think about those infusion drinks, right? I want you thinking about this all week. The reason that the water takes on the flavor and the nutrients of the fruit is the proximity of one with the other. Simply placing the fruit beside the water does nothing. Oh, that's what I would do if I made it. My wife helped me with this one. The two must touch. The two must spend time together, fully immersed in the other. The closer two things are to one another, the more alike they become. We know this is true, right? If you spend time together, Leanne and I have been married for 24 years, and the longer we grow together, the more alike we become, right? As a teacher, if you think about the opposite can be true. So if you want to have an idea on the first day of school which kids might be trouble, watch the ones that walk right to the back as far away from you as they can possibly get, right? For the most part, that's going to give me an idea. The ones that sit up front are usually the ones that are most like me and tend to enjoy school like I do and how I run it, okay? So I always keep, keep an eye on that when that happens. Proximity means being actively aware of his presence and his character through prayer. Meditation, reading his word, having times of personal worship, and simply being in his presence. So if you're practicing proximity, those are some things that will make that happen for you. Spend time in his word. Meditate on it. Personal worship time, even if it's while you're running or attempting to run. Be in his presence. That's why we talked about that last one. Your presence is all I need. If we want an infusion of love, that's where it starts. Getting an infusion of love from the Holy Spirit starts with proximity, your first word, P. The next P is prayer. Now, that might seem redundant because I just said that in order to have proximity to the Holy Spirit, we need to spend time with him in prayer. But this is a specific kind of prayer, not unlike what Paul prayed for the church in Ephesians. If you're looking for an infusion of love by the Holy Spirit, it makes sense to ask the Holy Spirit for an infusion of love. You want it? Ask for it. Paul obviously thought this was a huge thing for the church, and he asked God for it specifically. We should do the same. In fact, I think this is one of the things we can almost do daily as we start our day or maybe as we head into difficult situations. Lord, would you infuse me with your love? I know that it comes from you by your Holy Spirit. Infuse me with that today. Pray that God would remind you of the ways he's demonstrated love to you in the past. That can remind you of that. Pray that he would show you the new way that the four dimensions of his love, and he does mention four in that verse, for you just like Paul prayed for the Ephesians. God's love is so, so massive, and we underestimate it so much that there is always more to appreciate about how it works. You can never, ever be done. You can never, ever be done comprehending the depths of his love for you and for this community. Ask him to reveal that to you and to grow it in you as his children. Ask him to teach you. If we're going to be infused with God's love, then we have to ask him to do that in us. The second P is prayer. The third P, somewhat situational and comes after we've asked him to teach us more about what his love is like and to make us more like his character. The third P is permission. It's something that we have to do, again, daily as we're trying to follow him. Now, permission's a heavy word. I'm a teacher. And so we deal with permission slips all the time. It's really, really important that you get permission of parents before you take them on field trips and do lots of dangerous things. You want to have permission. Otherwise, things can go very badly. I get warned about that all the time by our administration. If we're seeking an infusion of the Holy Spirit in love, 
It's primarily for the purpose of blessing others and reflecting Christ. When we ask for that, love is one of those things that you give away. We ask for it to bless others and to reflect that love of Christ. Now, I want you to think about something for a second. Imagine that you're in the food court, okay, at the mall. And so you're in the food court and you're trying to decide what you're going to eat. And all of a sudden you hear someone says, would you like a sample, sir? Would you like a sample? And you may not have had any thought whatsoever about eating in that particular restaurant. But the moment somebody puts that in front of you, you're like, sure, I guess I'll have a sample. You know, and they put it on those little toothpicks and they hand it to you. And suddenly now, it doesn't take much of that sample to convince us to change our meal plans. Often just that small taste is enough to change our course and try the full meal. The same thing can happen spiritually. When we're infused with love by the Holy Spirit, we help others to taste the love of Jesus in a tangible way. Just a taste. When we're infused with love by the Holy Spirit, we help others taste the love of Jesus. The love we demonstrate points back to the original source and the full meal, the meal that never ends. It's the role that you and I are supposed to have. It's the role that our whole church is supposed to have. Permission, in this case, means giving the Holy Spirit the right and the opportunity to put you in a in position to be a representative of God's love. Could you imagine what would happen if you woke up every day and you offered yourself, you gave God permission to use you to help others experience his love? Rolling out of bed, Lord, I give you permission to use me however you see fit to share your love with somebody. Permission says, I'm willing to be a sample of your love. Now, this is harder than it sounds. It means that often our plans become secondary to his. It means that our own tastes may sometimes have to change for his purposes, our agendas, our plans. And yet, as we discipline ourselves to give permission to God to use us, the benefit is that you're going to experience him more deeply than you've ever thought possible. The third P is permission. The final one, the fourth P I want to mention today is my favorite one because it's the one where we get to take a chance to take action. I'm an action guy. I like to build things, to do things, to make things, and to step out in faith. It's my favorite because this is the culmination of our proximity with him. It's about our prayer for more understanding of his love, and it's about our permission to use us as he sees fit. The final P is promptings. And it has to do with the special assignment that the Holy Spirit will call us into when we've done all the other P's. Ephesians 3.19 says, Paul, after we've sought God for this deep awareness and experience of love, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Think about what that means to have a full life. If you think of somebody that you think of that has a full life, what do you think? You think of somebody with purpose. You think of someone who does incredible things, somebody who has balance in life and happiness. Think about someone like that. When we start to get a handle on God's love for us and we allow it to change us and make us more like him, we need to be willing to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit as he brings people into our path. Now, that might sound daunting to you, but honestly, this is where it gets to be really, really fun. As we get to know the character of God, we start to see and have his heart for others. We start to see people like he sees them, and he starts to use us. Being infused with love by the Holy Spirit means learning to listen for his promptings to us, to speak a kind word, to give someone a gift, to write an email, to pay for a mail, and so on and so on and so on. And I have been the recipient of this kind of prompting so many times where people have stepped up. Just last week at the end of the service, Jason came to the front and just said, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you this week as you prepare. And I thought about that all week. 
that act of kindness, that act of obedience, that prompting that happens. As a pastor's kid, I can't even tell you the number of times that people acted on promptings from the Holy Spirit to bless us as a family. When God does that, it's a powerful thing. It moves you because you start to see the heart of God for you. You see that he moves somebody for you. Awesome. This is where we do incredible things as we follow his lead both as individuals and as a church. And I'm so excited that we're about to embark on Love Wilmot in the fall. I can't even begin to imagine what God has in store for this community and for this church as we follow his promptings. Remember that it's not about trying harder. It's about being infused with love by the Holy Spirit. Imagine what could happen this week in our families, at our work, or within our communities if we ask the Holy Spirit to infuse us with his love, to lead us to the people that need it most, and then to act on the love as he leads us. Imagine the kind of impact that our church would have in this area if we became a church that was so infused with love by the Holy Spirit that people's first thought about our church would be the love that we constantly show for others, not just each other. How different would our lives look? Proximity. Stay close to the Holy Spirit. Let Him improve your flavor. Prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal more about God's love for you. He's the one who teaches us. Permission. Get in the habit of daily surrendering your will to the Holy Spirit so he can help use us to help others experience him. And finally, prompting, just like we saw. Listen for his voice and then do what he asks you to do. It doesn't have to be that dramatic. It can be small things. But when they're led by the Holy Spirit, Small things become powerful things. Small things become life-changed things. Small things become community-changing things. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you, the church at Wilmot Center, with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And I pray that you would have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is for you, for me, for Wilmot. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, and then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Let's pray. Lord, I'm so thankful that it's not us, that it's not a striving thing. Lord, it's not something that we, we grit our teeth and, and generate, that we become more loving simply because we will it to be. Father, help us to spend time with you, immerse ourselves in you by the Holy Spirit, to stay close to you, and Father, for those people that are resisting that this morning, that are finding it hard to imagine that you want to spend that kind of time with them, Holy Spirit, I pray that you teach them even now, that you would reinforce on them just how much you love them, that they'd see just a glimpse of, of the width and the depth, the length and the height, the love that you have for them. Lord, would you remind us each day this week to spend time in your presence? God, would you remind us that you're asking us 
to give you permission to be used. And Lord, I pray that, that these simple acts of obedience would lead to promptings, would lead to stories of people set free, God, of people experiencing your grace in a new way. And I pray there'd be a massive ripple effect through this church and through the community. Lord, we know it comes from you. And so we put it in your hands. We thank you for the way that you speak. We thank you for the way that you love us. Help to infuse us with your Holy Spirit this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening online with us. We trust you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.